Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire. Okay, Dunks and Discourse, episode 20. Um, due to some uh, wedding shenanigans, some weather shenanigans, some life shenanigans, we are going to push the our comedy episode, top 10 comedies uh, of the 2000s, to uh, our Thursday. And um, we're going to focus the majority of this show talking about uh, the NBA news and increased friction um, you know, in regards to this comeback. Uh, Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad at all. I mean, clearly better than the weather that you got going on up there, especially at this time of year. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and I mean, one of the oldest jokes is like talking about the weather is poor radio, but I'm telling you, yes, yesterday was it, it felt it felt biblical. It was uh, driving back from the wedding and uh, on the biggest highway in Alberta, and everybody stopped. No, nobody is even trying to drive. Everyone is pulled over on the side of the highway. The hail is coming down, golf ball size, uh, putting dents in the roof. Um, and it, I mean, it, in, in the city was apparently even worse. I was about 20 minutes out of the city at this point. But apparently when it hit the uh, northeastern side of the city, like came through windows, took took uh, siding off of houses, destroyed sunroofs. Um, it flooded. Like, I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures of the Calgary hailstorm, you can Google it after you listen to this podcast. But like, there were uh, emergency responders using canoes on our biggest highway because of, of how fast <laughs> it flooded. Canoes. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was nuts. Like, it went from like being a 20 something degree day, a little bit rain earlier in the day, to like there was so much hail so fast that it flooded the biggest highway in the city, which I mean is obviously well prepared for, you know, such an event. But. It, I mean, it was nuts. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Yeah, and I won't belabor the you know the weather talk, but I will say you know for anybody out there, you know, he, he's talking about the day was somewhere in the range of like seventy to seventy five, and and all of that took place. For the record, out here we're at you know we're right around one hundred two, so you know enjoy that. Yeah, I mean seventy five is hot for us. Yeah. Jesus, like, it's, like, it's pretty warm, man. Uh, it was a pretty warm day to start out. So yeah, I mean I, I don't know, but like I I would driven through just about everything uh you know living near the mountains and whatnot but i was like actually my my girlfriend was driving and she i was like pull over because i was getting legit scared i was like you know what let's all just let's just all take 20 minutes and wait for this to blow over because my goodness yeah i'm a southern california cat so i'm not accustomed to any type of weather anyhow what do we got going on this week okay so i mean let's do nba um okay I gotta say what I, I, I have not been looking forward to having this conversation uh really Ever ever since things kind of broke down, like I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty frustrated with the last few days, NBA news, and I'll just say that right off the top. Okay, but but why why weren't you looking forward to it? Well, I mean, I'm just like, I'm feel like I'm coming to the place where how everyone describes like Charles Barkley and a lot of commentators are like they actually don't like the game anymore, and they've got <laughs> nothing positive to say. I'm getting to a point where I'm like feeling very negative about the NBA climate, and I don't have a lot of nice things to say. And I was hoping, as we were heading into this countdown of, of potentially getting the season back, that we would have some nice things to say, but this whole situation is just infuriating. I, I While that's understandable, I, I think it's important for all of us to honestly take a step back, and I'm not going to you know, you know, do a you know, stepdad talk right here, but I think it really is important for all of us to take a step back and realize a lot of the frustration that we're feeling, it isn't always necessarily related to the event that takes place or something that's in, you know, something, you know, you know uh, direct, like, oh, okay, just this news that we had about Kyrie. It feels like, you know, when I saw some of the vitriol, some of the back and forth, some of the, you know, like the, the madness on the timeline over the weekend, it was really just felt like, man, everybody's just frustrated. Everybody's just mad about a lot of other things. And here we are, we finally have an outlet to, you know, to, you know, to yell at each other about. Well, and, and I think that's part of the problem too, is mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like people are, are so angry at what's going on with the world. Um, 
and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, beyond the racial conversation of the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about mm-hmm. this, you know, I'm, I'm just like people are, are just genuinely wound pretty tight right now. And I get that. But the conversation has never been more fictitious, doctored, vir- virtue signaled, uh, facetious, targeted, you know, whatever you want to say. Like, I, I just there's no honest discourse to be had on the timeline anymore. Well, I mean, again, on top of all of that frustration, people are also bored because we've been talking about the same things over and over again. And I'm not excusing any of this stuff. I'm just, you know, it, for me, it's just matter of fact because I go like, yep, folks are bored, folks are frustrated, and uh, now all of a sudden we've got something to actually be, you know, to actually go back and forth about. Now, the two of us, we can, you know, I think we're a lot closer to agreeing about what the situation is uh, than it will come across. Uh, but the two of us, I think we can have that conversation. You know, without you know, without it being ugly. We'll try. I'll try not to. You know, sometimes it helps to play this up. Like sometimes I imagine you as every idiot on the timeline That's to really fun. get myself rolling. Yeah. Today, I don't don't think that would go well. Um, okay, so let's start with the initial premise of this, right? So Kyrie Irving is the face of not playing right now. Um, a conversation arose in which, you know, Kyrie kind of uh, suggested that maybe this would take away from from what is happening socially in the United States. Um, a dialogue was had with a lot of players on Friday, and there are some other names. I Dwight Howard released a statement, and Donovan Mitchell was was named as well, though he, he's kind of... Kind of refuted so, that. Somewhat refuted it, but, like, we can talk about that in a sec. Specifically, let, let, let's just start here. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I think, as always is the case, things are being you know connected that aren't necessarily. Uh, for me, a lot of the anger that came out you know against Kyrie uh, was kind of based on the Woj report, you know Woj's side of the report. Uh, because I felt like, and and we and the two of us, we went back and forth, uh, you know, because I DM'd you specific, you know, not to, you, you know, I'm never trying to tell you how to act, you know, you're, you're a grown ass man, and you and, and you've done well for yourself because of, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know how you want to present yourself. But the reason why I reached out was because I, I saw some of the terminology that was being used, and I saw some of the anger, and and you know, as I you know, described earlier, vitriol uh, that was out there, uh, you know, about Kyrie. And when I looked at what Woes did, I felt like he kind of weaponized all of our natural preconceived notions because he knew we would automatically jump there with Kyrie. Like, based upon all, and, and look, I'm not telling anybody how to feel about Kyrie. If you think he's an idiot, if you think he's a weirdo for some of like the outlandish stuff that he you know you know says and you know and, and, and does at times, that's totally fine. But the concerns that he actually brought up, as well as him specifically using his platform as one of the elected VPs of the players union. Those don't have to necessarily. Those don't have to be lumped in with how we feel about how he's been at other times. Okay, so the, the, the first thing here with Kyrie is this man. Uh, his his point is valid, if we believe that his point is valid. Um, if if you legitimately think that the NBA coming back is going to detract from what is going on in the country, deter progress, mm-hmm. and get in the way of, of what's going on in the world. I understand 100% why you could get on board with with boycotting the season and not coming back this year. 100% I think that is valid. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the case, and I don't believe that's why Kyrie said what he said. So, so actually, I, sh- I should clarify... I was actually talking about, um, and 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 your point is one hundred percent valid, and I agree with that. I was actually referring to his, you know, his his decision to open the conversation up about like the players yeah. being comfortable with the bubble. Agreed on ag- agreed on that because again, that's a different conversation. I, you know what. I'll stop because I, you know, because I jumped in. But yeah, then I, I wanted to make sure you know, to be clear from the start. Like, no, no, no. I'm I was talking about just the bubble stuff. Okay, well, like the bubble, the bubble was out there. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, Kyrie was, a week ago, talking about coming, even though he wasn't participating, just to cheer his team on in the bubble, okay? Then we get the report, and I know that Woj's report is slanted, and I would bet, you know, an awful lot of money that there are some clutch um, informants behind a large part of Woj's article, and people will say, oh, no, no, you don't know anything. Clutch doesn't mess with, with Woj. That is why Woj got this, because they didn't want it to look like it was coming straight from LeBron, <laughs> LeBron's camp and Clutch's camp. But I, I, that, that's my read on this. Yeah. Regardless, I, I think that, you know, 
Haru is asking about sponsors the week before mm-hmm. and how this is going to work. I have heard repeatedly off the record from from a lot of people that the NBA players don't want to go to Orlando because they do not want to sacrifice their million dollar, you know, millionaire lifestyle. And I could get more specific what I but I won't, you know, because those that's not what the quotes have been that I've been. That's not what I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to, essentially they don't want to sacrifice their millionaire lifestyle to go live in Orlando for six to twelve weeks based on how long they're in the playoffs. Now. I think this is bloody ridiculous. I think it's somewhat shameful that you get millions of dollars to play basketball. And, you know, your your union is supposed to be talking about solidarity. This could be a career ruiner, and we can get into that for some of the other players who don't have a, a huge bag behind them. Mm-hmm. But I just I and and again I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge here and I'm gonna say if you legitimately believe if you in your heart of hearts believe that what's happening in the country is going to be negatively affected by an NBA season, I get you. That's legit. I just don't buy that based on the prior conversation of the last week and the things that Kyrie Irving has been reported to say that he that this is the reason that now all of a sudden this is changing, especially when I've been hearing for over a month that this bubble is such a hurdle. And and, and I I feel gross that now it's getting I I feel spun as this is we're we're socially conscious. It's not that we don't want to go to the bubble anymore because we tried that and people weren't hearing it. Now it's that we're being socially conscious. And I'm just, I'm not sure on the authenticity. And maybe if this was Jalen Brown, I might have been more, I don't know, my belief in in what was actually being said behind closed doors might be different. But this coming from Kyrie Irving is is harder to accept. So that right there is exactly my you know, my only rebuttal to that because I I, I understand the concern I understand the you know, the thought of like oh okay is this just another thing that's being used I I I will again also caution when it comes to reporting um, and not caution you caution everybody when it comes to reporting everybody is influenced by somebody as I mentioned with you know, with the woe situation whether it came you know, like as information from clutch or even you know, as a hey you know from the league like hey you know, maybe you know, maybe let's let, let's go ahead and put this message out there whomever it came from he was obviously influenced or slanted by that when it comes to you know, shams oftentimes it seems as though a lot of his you know a lot of his sources are you know from agents and execs the you know, players as well uh, you know just like it you know on the on the Haynes side of things, he definitely has an in when it comes to players. All of these guys are obviously having conversations and they have contacts throughout the league. You know, otherwise you don't ascend to you know to their levels. But for me, it's always important to you know keep that in mind when it comes to you know reports like that. And, and I'm certainly not going to ask you to name your source who's saying that it's because that you know they don't want this or they don't want that. But that's all. You know that's. That's my reason for, you know, like there's, there's always considered a source speaking to the listeners, always considered a source and consider what, you know, what reason they would have to influence the conversation one way or the other. That said, I, I actually respect where you know, like if, if players all of a sudden think that this is the platform to use to have that conversation, I respect it. I understand it. I also would say that it, it, it. I'm not saying that I disagree with it because, of course, you you use your platform the way that you want to use it. But I would wonder how much thought has gone into the strategy here because you know how far you know how far down the line does it play out? Like, is it just for the next couple months? And I'm not being a jerk. I'm not being a dick about this. I'm you know these are the real thoughts that I've had. Is it just for the next couple months? And then like after a few months. Yo, will we have reached enough, you know, like you know, enough ground, or you know, covered enough ground to, you know, to, to where we're comfortable, you know, going back into this? And the reason why I specify that is because we know the answer is not going to be yes. So if the answer is not going to be yes, that in a few months, you know, you know, we'll have made as as, as enough breakthroughs and and use utilize the platform enough, you know, to get across. If after a few months that's not going to be the case, well, then that was the that's the reason why I would question taking a step back and not playing the league if that is the true reason. Yeah, so, you know what, again, again, neither Jabari or I is, like, I, I think if you listen to the podcast, you know, um, is anti, is trying to slow this down in any way or saying, like... Never. Yeah, but, like, it, it's just, you know, well, you and I both, you know, had a conversation, I think, with at Sean underscore lyric on the timeline. Mm-hmm. And, and Sean was saying, like, what does what does a win like we were talking about what does a win even look like for for you know the black community in the United States and like why do we think that you know basketball pausing for a month is going to substantially um, make a difference and and like 
I that's that's where I'm at too. Is like okay, so I'm gonna get over the fact that Kyrie said this, and you know the timing is iffy based on you know all the other reporting, and I'm gonna try to get past like the fact that Kyrie's part of this, and, and I was mad too because you know people who people were sick of Kyrie, man. Like people yep. people were just sick of that dude, and then he you know he comes off the seat. There's a right messenger for every message, and he he he's not the guy to champion this right now. I don't think. But you know, there are, but with that in mind, you can't say that. And, I, and I'm not saying you as a white person, I'm saying we can't say that because if the message is right and the message is at the right time, just because we don't like that messenger, we can't say, we can't just, you know, disregard it. But I'm not disregarding the message. I'm saying, like, I, I don't know if I believe that he is authentic with it, where, okay. I, where I wouldn't question that with someone else. And that's, and know? that's fair. And that's fair. But and, and look, I don't, look, if I were in the NBA... While you know Kyrie might be the dopest cat in the world, he might be the the you know, the, the most fun to hang out with, and you know, you may end up having some really interesting conversations, which I do think you could, uh, you know, like on the side. I wouldn't necessarily he he might not necessarily be my first choice to you know to represent us publicly, not because I think that he can't do it, but specifically because I think he stepped in it you know you know so many times along the way that this is the reaction that he'll receive, not from well, everybody, but from enough people. But I, but I also think there's, there's, there's a lot of things here, and I, I'm kind of getting lost in where I was going. But I, you oh, know, like, this is this is part of the conversation. We're just like, look, a week ago he was talking about sponsorship opportunities. Uh, so that's the first thing. He, he, there, there was a money angle that maybe it wasn't what he wanted, and now he's changing his tune. Uh, he was, he's not playing. He's already said he's not playing. So that, that's another part of this. Mm-hmm. Three, he's already set for life. You know, with, with the money that he's made, um, there are big, big. Uh, complications that could come if the season doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bo- Bobby Marks at Bobby Marks 42 uh, did tweet, you know, it, 35% of the player money is gone if they don't play. It's $1.2 billion in player salaries. Now, again, Kyrie's going to be okay. But everybody who's on the rookie deal, or everybody who's trying to, like, you know, get their six years in the NBA, whatever they get paid, uh, they're, they're, they're going to miss that money. And he's the, he's the union vice president. So he's supposed to be looking out for... Uh, the union for all the players too, and I'm not sure that that's happened here. And then there's the opportunity for the owners to tear up the CBA, renegotiate, which would be worse for players. Absolutely, the NBA lost a value this year. Everyone's going to make less money, assuming a deal is made, and could force a lockout, jeopardizing a second NBA season. So I, I just, I just don't think Kyrie's the guy that should be should be running this way right now. That being said, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to reframe this conversation to back kind of where I wanted to be, which was, are you on the side of Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard where you think that basketball is going to take away from the national momentum you know, in, in race relations in the United States right now, or are you more seeing the LeBron, Austin Rivers, whoever else has now spoke up on that side where like, we have this huge platform to make change and, and create news through basketball we can do that while we're playing basketball. Like, which, where are you on that fence? I'm on the you can do it while you're playing basketball, but I would like to uh, meet in the middle between those two factions. I think this is the perfect opportunity to really not even hold the you know hold the NBA's fame, uh, feet to the flames, but really emphasize like this is the way we want to be able to express ourselves. Like, remember a few years back when you know the the the, the NFL. Obviously, you know, they, they were definitely along the toe of the line, stop doing the peaceful protests of any kind. You know, mm-hmm. do you know, like you know, respect this, respect that. Well, the NBA was actually kind of sneaky in how they responded to that. They were very smart. They reached out to the players and they said, Let's let's have a collaborative effort and have a conversation about how we're going to present these things to the point where they still while yes, they you know they they made they made sure to open the platform and you know give players an opportunity to speak. They still had players kind of towing that line, you know, you know, during the national anthem in ways that I don't necessarily know that everybody would have you know, you would have necessarily agreed with, especially in that moment during that climate. Well, right now it's that climate times ten thousand. So if I'm the NBA players, I say as simple as this: We're you know, we, you know uh, as a union, we agreed to come back. We're going to come back and play. Those concerns, obviously, the you know the health concerns are certainly you know are still very important. But obviously, but of course, the social concerns are are very important. So it's important to us to while yes, we're going to go out there and you know uh, fulfill our contractually obligated you know uh, um, you know uh, 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 responsibilities. We also want to we also want the freedom to completely express ourselves 
when we you know, uh, during the you know, during this time, well, actually moving forward, but especially during this time. Now that doesn't mean I you know, I'm talking about doing stuff in the middle of gameplay or anything like that. But I'm saying like you know not restrict not restricting the time and the access to have to actually discussing these exact points in pregame and in postgame. Actually, it would probably be more likely in postgame, but at designated times is what I'm saying. But basically, really utilize this opportunity to spotlight these things and take care of your business at the same time. That's where I'm at with this. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm heavily biased. Like, I'm, I'm heavily biased, and I'm not educated enough to know what exactly, like, you and I have debated it 10 times, on, not even debated, discussed. What does a win look like? What does a win look like concretely for black America? Continued momentum. Continued momentum. That's all it is. Because, again, this is not going to change in the next 30 days. It's not even likely going to change completely in the next 30 years. And I know people like, you know, like, they hate to hear that, but that, that's the truth. But it has to just be a continued focus. That's that's the win. And, 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 again, okay, and yeah, fair enough. But then, the, with with that said, like with with no tangible goal, that that that's immediate. Mm-hmm. I don't see how the NBA could take away from that. I, I I just don't see how players, especially if they get the podium, like especially if, like you're saying, like if if LeBron wants the mic before every game, to you know address do a Q and A. What if they if they're gonna do something in solidarity with I I don't know like I, I don't want to like undersell this or make it gross, but like whatever whatever the the move is mm-hmm. like keeping that attention and creating more news around it. I, I don't see how it could be a negative, which is the reason why I, I, I'm in agreement with that. You know, with that with that mindset, and and also I don't want to in any way make it sound like either one of us. And I know that you're not saying it, but if you want to make it clear, neither one of us are are are, are, are just saying like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, get over and go play basketball. It is a very big deal. It's simply because there's no tangible like, oh, okay, at this period of time, this is going to be this, or you know, this is the goal. You know, you know, like no tangible, you know, goal to reach uh, that's feasible, like in the immediate. That's the reason why we say, you know what, utilize this opportunity, utilize that platform, and just go out, you know, go out there and take care of it. And I also do want to say for the record, any player that does not want to, you know, that simply does not want to go to that bubble, whether it's because they're they don't want to give up their quote unquote lifestyle, or they're simply truly scared, I. Do do not feel that they should be penalized and they should be permitted to go you know, to go ahead and leave. You obviously if you don't work you don't get paid, but if they're in a position financially to you know to do that, I, I really do feel that they should be celebrated as opposed to uh, you know, uh, looked down upon uh, on an individual basis. Yeah, I'm on I'm in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Um, agreed. Like if you don't want to play, you don't get paid. I mean that's just that's that's how work works. That's how life works. Um, do I, I think you're, if you're a professional basketball player and the season goes forward and the union goes forward, um, you the, the amount of people going back to work situations with literally zero safety precautions and you're going to go to a bubble with limited, very limited interaction, the best medical teams in the world, I just, I, I think you could quite honestly argue the bubble will be a safer place than just about any other, you know, urban area in America for COVID. So I'm just having a hard time buying like a, a fear of, you know, reintroducing it in, in that, you know, way. But that being said, I agree. It's your choice. Like, who, who gives a damn what I think? Like, if Dame Lillard doesn't want to play and whatever, like, that, that's on him. I think it's the wrong call. I don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for his team. Um, but that that's that is his call. I mean, it's the same thing. If I don't want to teach tomorrow, you know, kids' parents in my class could be like, "Wow, that guy's that guy's a dickhead. How could he just quit?" But that's that's my call, right? And, and, and every everyone has a choice to not go to work. Dame Lillard's shade will not be tolerated. We will not tangentially call him a dick or a dickhead for for that for that conversation. Oh man, it's, it, it, it's it's not that, that the point is though it doesn't I, matter. I know I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm giving you a hard time because it's also funny because that's absolutely what you did and also I get it. <laughs> it man, I I feel like this is a quote and I think Keith Smith put this out. That he was talking to a player, mm-hmm. and this player said he had no idea what the implication would be money-wise, because no one in the union nor his agent had talked to him about that yet. Now, I, like I, I just you know like Keith didn't say what player that was. Like who knows, you know? Like, but yeah, but that doesn't mean that the conversations aren't being had and, and the information is not available. That just means that, that that could simply mean that that individual player has not been informed yet. I'm just saying that conversation hasn't been taken. 
that hasn't been had on anywhere near the level that the bubble, that the lifestyle, that the COVID, that the social justice. NBA players are, are opening a very dangerous door if we don't have a season this year. So, you know, all of this, you know, is, is a really good conversation and ultimately um, important. But I, I still think that we're going to have an NBA season. So it's not, you know, it's it, it not not that it will be all be for not, but. I think all I think you know, not not even a cooler heads prevail. I think once the you know once the additional conversations are held, I think we're going to end up having this season. I don't know, like I don't know, man. I I, I feel very un, unsure based on the last two days. Well, I'm certainly not as you know, as sure as I was when they first announced, uh, "Yay, we're coming back." Uh, but you can call it a gut instinct. And if I'm wrong, hey, we're going to have an opportunity to discuss it and plenty of time, you know, plenty of uh, reasons to go back and forth about it. But for some reason, it just feels like they're still going to get this done. And maybe, you know what? Maybe it's that I have too much faith in the league because still part of me thinks, how the hell do you even you know, go forward with, you know, spinning it as a story of like, okay, mission accomplished, we're coming back, if it were not actually, you know, like, you're know, locked in? You know what I'm saying? Like that, like that, that, that would just surprise me. I just think Adam Silver has sort of left himself open to with like the dialogue by like not putting his foot down at any mm-hmm. point here in the last six weeks. I, I, for this to continue to be, you know, like what other companies like, hey, maybe we'll come back, maybe we won't. Yeah, yeah, it, it can't be like. The only thing that you know, the only thing that uh, continues this conversation publicly is because it was not just set in stone from the start. Like, and 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 look, I again, you know, we talked about this over the last couple of weeks. There's there's so many moving parts. There's so many different difficult circumstances to you know, like to deal with. Oh, and by the way, all of the different you know, like you know, pandemic, you know, uh, uh, you know strife, all of those things. I get it. But again, like I would have just thought that if if they got to the point where you know he's had, you know he's doing interviews talking about basically yeah we you know we got this done and these are the dates and blah 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 I would have thought that he you know he, that meant that he had it you know had it you know locked in. It's, it's I mean I, I felt like it was like you know yeah. like if you would ask me this t- last Sunday I would have thought you know it is what it is like we were counting we were counting the days and and now it's. It's blown right open, and again, like I, I, you know, I didn't even. I know you're just teasing around, but like I, I didn't. I'm not saying Dame's a dick for not wanting to play. Anyone can not go to work. Yeah. I'm saying that it opens up like a very dangerous door. If a star doesn't have to go, who else isn't going to go? And then you know, like there's, what I'm saying is like there's a plan right now, and there are rips in the page, and 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 Dame not playing would be a big rip, and then there's another rip. Like I, I just I don't want to go two seasons without basketball. Selfishly, as a fan, as well. Like there's let's let's talk about the fan aspect here. Sports are a good distraction in that regard. Like people need something to look forward to right now. Yeah, I'm less concerned with that. Even though I agree, and even though selfishly, per, on a personal level, yes, I I want it. Like straight up, I'm not going to be one of those folks who's going to lie to you and say like, oh yeah, you know, like I don't I wouldn't even watch if they did come back because I would. Um, you know, would I, you know, would I understand, you know, for whatever the reasons were, if any of the sports hadn't, you know, had it just gone ahead and said, like, we're just going to take the year off. Yeah, I would have gotten it and it would have stung. But, you know, like I said, I, 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 it just feels like they'll find a way. It just feels like, uh, you know, end of the day, we're going to be, we're going to have basketball within the next, you know, you know, five or six weeks. And we're going to be arguing about the same little bullshit that we normally do. And in the next, the next big argument will be whether or not, it, you know, the, the results deserve an asterisk. Yeah, and I mean that will be the, that will be the conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I and keep going back to Dame because he's probably the biggest name that that could play, right? Because Kyrie wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah. Um, but but let's just I don't know. Let's say Giannis doesn't play, or Russell Westbrook doesn't play. Um, you know, like it, it, it will be. It, 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 if 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 you get a few stars to drop out of the playoffs, and there's the concern about COVID and. It is getting to the point you're like, well, what? What is the point? This patchwork quilt broken. I, you know, I don't like think I, they return unless those stars are in the action. Straight yeah, they up. have to have. They just the The stars yeah. got to come back. They're, they're, they're. Look, I would be stunned because it would be such a stupid mistake. I would be stunned to see the league say, "F it, okay, it's fine. Those guys aren't going to play. We're going to keep it." If the stars aren't there, they're not playing. And 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 here's the thing too, man. Like I, I said on the show, like there's way too much. Player empowerment, millionaire over billionaire talk, and not enough for like the average fan. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna go in between like the average player, 
Mm-hmm. Like the stars are set, man. Like, um, you know, people were talking about. I don't know. I, did I miss a quote where Kyrie said he might never play basketball again to be an activist? Yeah, what? this is the thing when it, when th- when stuff gets aggregated, it's so annoying. Like it was a part of a longer convers a longer quote, just like the initial stuff that came out. When, you, know, the, you know that he said, you know that he stated that actually involved you know uh, the, the the extension of the, the extension of the quote saying, "Hey, but you know, like if if, if guys you know if guys agree that it, you know you're comfortable with playing, then let's go out there and do it." It it I hate I hate that aspect of sports reporting now the the aggregation of stuff to where it, you know, like you're just curating it to to push whatever. The, your at your angle of the conversation is. Yeah, like I, I just I I didn't see him say that anywhere. That, but let's just run with that for a second. Kyrie Irving's done, mm-hmm. and he's going to go a Colin Kaepernick esque route, and he's going to do what he can. I, I would think that's totally noble of him. Like I, I would think that like good for you. Way to make a sacrifice. I hope mm-hmm. you make a difference. But he would also do that with two hundred million dollars. In the bank with no worries financially for the rest of his life. Okay, yes. the average NBA player doesn't have that luxury. The average human doesn't have that luxury. So, Wait. I, I just I I think that again, there's so many layers to this conversation, which is why it's been so because people are trying to. Anytime you you take one wrong step on social media right now, mm-hmm. someone is angry and waiting waiting to spear you. Yes, and it, it it's just like. There's lots of hats on here, right? Kyrie's got like a black man in America hat. He's got an NBA player hat. He's got a union hat. He's got, you know, his his Kyrie regular weirdo guy hat. And it's just there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, exactly. Which is the reason why you know I, I'm I'm always concerned with folks. You know, when it comes to these conversations, again, you know, like any anybody that I cared about, I reached out to like, hey, yo, this Kyrie situation might get ugly. <laughs> this Kyrie situation might get ugly for all of those reasons that you just said because he is wearing a lot of different hats and it's a it's a very layered conversation. Again, uh, look, this may be you know Pollyanna. You know, this, I, I may be, you call me Pollyanna because I I genuinely believe that at the end of this they're going to come together. I think the establishment, and by the establishment, I mean the overall league as well as the players' union, will be strong enough to say, "Hey, yes." While it is absolutely noble that you could possibly do that, the rest of these folks can't, or a large enough percentage of the rest of these folks can't. So let's go ahead and you know and take care of this business, and 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 whatever other conversations we need to have, we will you know we will provi- provide the platform for it. Yeah, and and fair enough. And like the last thing I'll say on this, and that's do you have anything no. other angle you want to touch on here? When I say distraction too, I'm not talking about like the only thing you do on social media is talk sports. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you canceling your donations to whatever causes you've donated to. I'm not talking to you about changing your Twitter avatar if that's all you've done. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is if you've had a shit day, shit month, shit 2020, it is nice as the average Joe, as I assume most of us are, um, you know, to have something that you love and brings joy to your life. And that is okay to feel like that. That is okay to have that still, even with everything going on, the stakes feeling so very big in the world. Um, um, you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I wanted to say, as long as you don't say, hey, stick to sports, you know, and, and allow that the rest of the world still exists. But yes, I agree. It is fun, yeah. and we miss it. We all miss it for the same reasons. Yeah, and, and like, hell, like, you know me, like, no one, no one here, no one on this podcast, no, like most people you and I interact with aren't saying shut up and dribble. Yeah. Like that, that's not the conversation, man. It, it, it's just like, you know, this is something that we all love. That's mm-hmm. why this community that you and I are part of, NBA Twitter, and, you know, uh, a lot of the listeners obviously are, are part of something because we all, we all just pull joy from it. And it, it's not like we, like, I, I don't know. It, it, it's not like, hey, don't talk about anything anymore. Just get back to business. That's not it, man. No, it's no. just like maybe we could have both here. Yeah, let's let's split the baby on that. Yeah, you know, like having <laughs> having both sounds all right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? Before we go to uh, uh, some TV talk this week, which I mean, I guess this is sort of TV talk, but it, you know, also NBA related. LeBron got his name mentioned a couple times. Eight forty six. Ooh, yeah. You sent this to me, mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, it was a very. I had a very intense, focused. I don't know if I stared at my phone and watched a thirty-minute YouTube video on anything where I didn't, you know, pause the video, get up, do something else. Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, it was a lot. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. When I, I, I was live tweeting about it, and you're like, yo, what? When it was first set out, and then as I was live tweeting it, I was feeling all like he, he, he drew me in. He drew like he sucked everybody in. I was experiencing his emotion as I was tweeting, and having to go back and say, well, maybe I shouldn't tweet. Maybe I shouldn't say that quite that raw. Or you know, Dave can say it, but maybe you maybe I might want to think twice. No, honest to God, it, it's not a comedy special for anybody out there. It's you know, it's. Yeah, the title of it is eight minutes forty six seconds. Uh, you can figure out what that's you know referring to, but Dave Chappelle just unloads. It's an emotional rant. It's an emotional conversation. It's a it's an honest and true uh, exchange of just raw you know just 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 on. It's probably the most passionate. No, it definitely is the most passionate, the most furious, and the most. And when I say unhinged, I don't mean it in a pejorative way. Unhinged and unfiltered. I've ever seen Dave Chappelle on stage. Yeah, I mean, it was not what I expected either. Um, I, I don't know. I just expected it to be I, like with no expectation going in that I don't know that it would still somehow be more comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe that was stupid knowing the title right away, but um, but I mean, I, I did still laugh five or six times. You know, uh, I, I saw Bo- Bomani Jones mm-hmm. tweet about it, and he was saying that like Dave Chappelle is the best communicator of his generation. Yes, he just got his message across so clearly. So you recommended to me. I saw Bomani Jones throw it up there. I, I, I watched this thirty-minute video. Um, I was truly taken aback by some of the moments. I know I told you that uh, the George Zimmerman signing the Skittles package thing. Mm-hmm. I, I never heard that. I had to look that up after to make yeah. sure because I couldn't. I couldn't even fathom that that happened. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, Snopes. He, he sold the Snopes. He he sold yeah. the gun for like two hundred and fifty k. Again, and then you just learn these details. So it's like not only is you know is is there racism, is there is there violence, but there's celebration. Yes. Of that to such a degree um, that there's fanfare for. I mean, it it, it, it hit. It, it really it really hit. And then so, anyways, I'm, I'm thinking this is like, how can anyone see this and not think, wow, like this dialogue is so overdue, and it, you know, like it, it it's an empowering thing, and it, it it's hard to be. Um, inspired or empowered or motivated to do anything on the internet when it's so easy to close the tab and go on with your life, mm-hmm. right? But this is why I was so frustrated and wasn't looking forward to this podcast because even even within people who have the same goals, people are so much more interested in fighting and dunking on each other and making a buck spinning bullshit that they, they, they take away from the people that are on their own side. And, and I got to say, do you know who at David Dennis is? I don't. I'm, actually, I might. That sounds familiar. Now I'm going to look him up as you're talking about. I think he's a Warriors Twitter fan, but he's also like pretty big author. He's he's wrote a bunch of stuff all over the place, but you know, quality writer um, at David D T S S. But I see this article trending across my timeline where he he doesn't he didn't appreciate 846, and he essentially his premise is that. Dave Chappelle once again only cares about black men and didn't mention a woman mm. in this video. Okay. And I just, I just, man, even if it's a valid point, I just like people detracting. You have this this unifying video that might empower people and start a dialogue, and then people take it and and they and they chop it up any way they can into the fact that like, don't don't we want the same thing here? And then now we're just fighting amongst each other, and I, I just. That frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, what's funny is I saw that and I completely forgot the, the, the person that was resp- responsible for it. But as soon as I looked it up, I was like, oh, yep, that guy. So my thing is this. His point is valid. It's just why detract from what he was just saying? He's essentially all black people mattered a situation where Dave Chappelle was simply saying, let's, you know, let's talk about these deaths. Let's talk about this violence. Let's talk about this continued, you know, like this continued trend. It's not even a trend. This continued practice. I, like you, I get frustrated by that as well, especially right there in the moment while everybody is, first of all, people were still becoming aware of it. There's still people that are listening to this right now, I'm sure, and saying like, oh shit, Dave Chappelle dropped a new one? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not in love with it either. I would never tell somebody not to express that, you know, express that feeling if they feel that. But to me personally, uh, I, I just don't think it's a time and a place for it. 
Yeah, no, again, like the, his premise might be right, and 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 Dave Chappelle should have should have talked about you know victims of all genders, and, and of and course, there's there's always a way to do everything better after the fact, always. Ooh, and wait, you, Josh, you can, I something just hit me in this moment, and the listeners, yeah, I I do apologize, but listen, hear hear this. This is exactly the situation with Kyrie. So, Dave Chappelle... No, no, it is. It is. Okay, Dave okay, Chappelle okay. has pissed off so many people. And look, his last stand-up... I'm a, I'm a Dave Chappelle lifer. I love Dave Chappelle. I see where he's coming from, and I actually see why he pushes certain buttons. But in his last stand-up, there were some things that I said, Yeah, Dave, you know what? I understand you're trying to go here, but this is not cool. He said some stuff about trans, you know, about uh, he said some stuff about transgender individuals as well as the gay community in the past, you know, in the past. That while I think it's coming from the right place, you know, like you know, from a joking perspective, he has absolutely offended some folks. So there are people. As a matter of fact, shout out to you know, he's a, he's one of our you know, uh, one of our truest listeners since the days of the old show uh, at Blunt Doctor. You know him, you know, you're a very <laughs> passionate uh, you know Suns fan. When uh, when the thing came out, he straight out said, "I, you know, it's cool that Dave Chappelle is talking about these things and it's important, but I'm not going to listen because he was you know, because your know, blood doctor was offended by the stuff that he had said in the past. So ter- tying it all together, even though Dave Chappelle is 100 percent right, it's nece- it's not necessarily shocking for someone to come out with that type of piece in the moment. Even though I disagree with that, it's not necessarily shocking because he has pissed them off in the past. Same thing and, with you and Kyrie. Okay, you, you, I, I hear what you are saying, <laughs> and like I mean, <laughs> although this is not our regular show, uh, well well done on ringing around the rosy. I got you. me here. Um, <laughs> But that's funny that you mentioned uh, blunt underscore doctor underscore rx, right? Because he he we we were DMing actually earlier this week. Mm-hmm. But my history, like for those that don't know, like I worked for for the legislature up here. I was doing some some politics, some uh, some communications. One of the most frustrating things to me is talking to people who are on the same side of one issue, but can't agree on you know how you should talk about it mm-hmm. or. What should be done next and end up fighting and getting nothing done? And I just, I think sometimes, and I, you might hit me again here on the Kyrie thing, but I, I think I, I think I kind of did say, like, if, if it's legitimate social justice and we need that the NBA is going to impact, you know, the NBA, then let, let I understand the season coming down. So I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not like I wasn't agreeing with the sentiment. But my, my point here is that you need, I think, not you, not me, mm-hmm. people need to start thinking what are the things that are positive and important mm-hmm. and can we focus on these things and take the good and do good things with these rather than where did you screw up and that's the story Agreed. because you, you, you taking the wind out of the sails from every single person who's trying to do good in their own way because they didn't do it exactly perfect in retrospect and I'm not saying any everything you know Dave Chappelle better than I and, and, and I read some of those stories, and, and I understand. If you, you don't, if Dave's not your guy anymore, he should, fine. I'm just saying I, I think there's some more to be gained as a society if we start taking peop- the best parts of people mm-hmm. rather than targeting the worst on occasion. In this moment, one million percent agreed. One yeah. million. And just to be clear, <laughs> I only circled back to the Kyrie stuff because really I was like, oh, shit, no, that, that, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> because I caught myself in that moment like, damn. But yes, no, no, yeah. This is a, this is a. That was a good pivot, man. I, I it's funny because we didn't discuss, uh, we didn't even discuss uh, you know, talking about the Dave Chappelle situation. I sent it to you thinking that we would, uh, but no, that's that's a. Uh, I the one thing I did say on the timeline is I hope, and this is selfish, but I hope, given the incredible artist that he is, that. Once he's able to process this stuff, I'm not even talking about work the material through, but yes, that's coming too. But process all of these emotions and process everything that he's feeling and process everything that he's thinking. I again, selfishly, the selfish prick that I am, I want him to come back and just deliver a fire, <laughs> absolute fire comedy special on these exact subjects, uh, topics because. Like you, yes, there were some moments where I wanted to laugh, and then I did I did laugh because, you know, he is a, a brilliant storyteller. He is, like, as Bomani said, you know, probably the greatest, or if not the greatest, one of the greatest communicators of his, you know, of his time. Uh, I, you know, so, yeah, I, I would love to see him continue, you know, continue to flesh this, you know, this conversation out. I could, I could quote you 
the part I laughed hardest about. Oh, and, but even though we uh, swear on this pod occasionally, this would take it to it. We'd have to make this one. Varun would have to make this pod 14A. Not PG thirty, so I will I will pause oh, on it. I'll tell oh, you got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, but we, there were a few, there were still a few laughs. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, before we go to what we've been watching this week, um, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, very slowly, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of the UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And even, and if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UF simulations, UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and props to bet, prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo, co- promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And BetOnline is going to have to get some online ad reading experts because that was my worst run of that of the year hey, so you, far, you, 20 episodes. I'll be, i got to be honest with you. I give you credit. That stuff's not easy. Anybody out there that you know, that laughs about it, and I used to be one of those folks when I would listen, you know, because, you know, you hear the pros, you know, flubbing on things. I used to be one of those guys like, ha, ha, ha. Then I did it and said, oh, shit, <laughs> on take six, the first time I did it on take six, I said, okay, well, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess they, you know, they were doing their thing. It happens. It's all you good. I mean, it depends how like, dry your mouth is, how long you've been talking to. But mm-hmm. what kills me is like they ch- change the ads a bit, like uh-huh. every couple weeks, and you get really good at reading one because you've mm-hmm. read it like ten shows, and they flip it, and the wording's almost the same. So your mind is just like running through it ahead of where, even where you're looking on the the script, and boom, it's changing. Like, oh, God. Changes the pace and the tempo and everything. Yep. Yeah, I'm not not yeah not my best run, but it's okay. Bet online. We got an extra thirty seconds talking about the product, so you know it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so aside from the NBA turmoil, um, on a more uh, casual, regular beat track for us, um, what have you been watching this week? Man, I was all over the map with uh, watching this week. Uh, like our good, you know, like you know, the friend of the show, Keith uh, Keith Smith did, you know, mention you know, binge watching Six Feet Under is a uh, it's intense. It's very, it's very, very intense because it's one of those shows that uh, each episode leaves something with you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had to start mixing it up. So, I mixed in some Killing Eve. I'm starting to get caught up on that. Uh, for anybody that has not checked that out, that's a you know a Phoebe Waller Bridge product. Um, Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are absolutely continue to be fantastic. They're amazing in that. Uh, you know, watching various comedy specials. You know, they went back and watched Bill Burr Paper Tigers. Have you seen that one? It's on Netflix. Uh, no, I haven't. Are are you a Bill Burr guy? Can't say that I am, but you know, uh, I, I'd give it a go. All right, I put it. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where he you know, he has a very specific and particular st- you know style and brand. Uh, but if he's your guy, you know that that's a good one. You know that that's a good one for sure. Uh, but beyond that, I actually ended up watching. Um, the new Spike Lee movie on Netflix. Uh, you didn't hear much about it leading up to it. I, you know, I saw like one little quick advertisement for it and then said like, well, what the hell is this? It's called The Five Bloods. Uh, I won't I'll do my best not to spoil anything because I think it's a I think it's a strong enough movie that you definitely should watch and our listeners you know especially if you're Spi- if you're Spike Lee fans it's probably the best of his films that I've seen over the last 20 years. Uh, it's a story of a group of four black Vietnam vets re- you know reuniting to accomplish you know several missions uh, that include and this is this is not giving anything away because it's right away uh, include retrieving uh, and properly burying a friend that obviously didn't make it back with them. Uh, they're also there to find some gold that they managed to stash away way back in the day. And also the movie kind of tracks along with them. They're also finding ways to each individually exercise demons that also that came back to you know, with them to the States. So Delroy Lindo is absolutely incredible. I can't stress that enough. I'm sure people, you, know, you started to see people talking about Delroy Lindo on the timeline. Well, they weren't just talking about LeBron's little brother just to talk about him. It's because he in this movie, he is absolutely remarkable. Um, 
Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clark Peters, you know, aka you know, uh, Detective Freeman from The Wire. He's also great in it. Isaiah Whitlock Jr., also oh, known as Councilman she. Davis. Yeah, <laughs> Councilman Davis, Mister She. He's he's great. Chadwick Boseman's in it. Jean, you know, Jean Renault is in it. Spike really brought it with this one from a storytelling, visual, and production standpoint. So. Yeah, look, that that's my three minute sell on it, and I, I I need you to watch it so that you can you know give me some feedback. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out this weekend for sure. Nice. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna watch that tonight. I, but like, it's interesting. I saw nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I saw nothing on it, and I, like I was scrolling Netflix, you know, when we were starting here, and normally like the new movies that pop up, always like oh you know there's like the little running ad for it. I, like I'm assuming American Netflix is the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't even find it scrolling through like the new thing. So that's what's up with that Netflix? That's weird to me. Is it, it just is. like can't can't Canada won't be interested in the Five Bloods or is it like my own algorithm? I wonder. I wonder. It's it. Um, probably based probably based on both. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, <laughs> I I gotta say, shouts to like whatever that re- I think it's retweet NBA or RT NBA, mm-hmm. and I know they like they just rip off people all the time, steal their jokes and. Mm-hmm. But they they had one. It was like Kyrie Irving is leading a bunch of players to not play in the NBA, and then it was just like Whitlock, like in ten different scenes from the Wire, and they she. <laughs> and I, I was laughing pretty hard at that. either yesterday or this morning. I can't even remember, but yeah, I killed lo- me. I, I, I love that. That that is the scene, and actually just a character that keeps on giving. Oh yeah, there, there's a few, there's a few movies, few, few characters, t- bit roles in TV shows where he's just so iconic and will last so much longer because of social media memeing, jiffing, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched a couple new movies as well. Um, I watched The Night Clerk on Netflix. Um, it's not great. <laughs> it's not. It's not, it's not a home run hit. Um, as few movies very are for me, uh-huh. uh, very rarely are. But it is interesting. It, it, essentially, a hotel clerk. He has Aspergers. Uh, now I guess we'd say he's he's on the spectrum. He is kind of creepy in that he secretly records people who come to the hotel, but he has no interest in hurting them. He's just so socially awkward due to. Um, being on the spectrum that he really wants to like overcome his social hurdles so he keeps the tape of these people interacting and then he basically watches it and tries to like practice not coming off weird or socially awkward in those moments so i I think the concept was good um this this young man's played by ty sheridan anna de armas uh who was in knives out uh blade runner she's been in a lot she's she's up and coming she's superstar um which is what, what brought me to the, the movie initially, plays his sort of love interest. There's a good twist. Um, it's kind of got like a murder mystery vibe. It is a little bit slow, and the payoff is underwhelming at the end, but it's decent enough that it was a watch. I think I gave it a 58. You, you, know, you know, obviously we talked about it before the show, and I hadn't even heard of that either, so maybe you know, both of our algorithms are a little bit off. Um, but I'm looking at this cast, and I didn't know who Anna de Armas was, but as soon as I see your picture, I'm like, oh, okay, her. Uh, you know, I like Helen Hunt. Uh, I like Leguizamo. I, I, I'll probably still check it out. I'm not, especially since I'm not going into it expecting it to be any, you know, any uh, anything Oscar related or anything like that. Yeah, John Leguizamo got got me too. As soon as he he plays the cop. And he doesn't have a huge role, but mm-hmm. um, it, it killed me too. Like I, I watched her with my girlfriend, and she was like, "I know this guy's voice from somewhere. Where do I know him?" And she's not a big <laughs> movie buff, so I know where she knows him. Do you know where it was? Was it the Super Mario Brothers movie or The Pest? No, Ice Age. I was like, oh. "You know him as the little rat from from Ice Age." God damn. One hundred percent. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I forget. I forget that yeah. I'm lost because I'm like, "Wait, what?" Oh yeah, okay, yes, of course. Thank you. <laughs> and. Uh, then the other one that I watched was Artemis Fowl on Disney+. Plus. They mm. just dropped that. Um, did you ever read the books? I did not. I read the books as a kid. Obviously, they, they weren't Harry Potter-esque. They weren't like quite to that level, but I think popular when I was coming up. Um, basically, like a 12-year-old kid's kind of like a criminal genius, and there's like fairies and goblins, and but it's like modern day, and there's magic. And I, I don't know. Anyways, there's like a whole mystery sort of situation. Colin Farrell plays his dad. I love Colin Farrell. Uh, like the books as a kid, so I gave it a go. It is pretty much a disaster. The pacing's <laughs> awful. It's like 90 minutes, they're like, oh, in the first five minutes, they're like, oh yeah, fairy tales are real, magic's real. Um, 
there's this magic item that could cause a lot of problems. My dad's missing. And then they like battle some fairies and then they help each other. I, I mean, they kind of followed the plot of the book, but it was just so all over the place. It went so fast. I understand why. I think it's at like eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Eleven? My God! I don't know that I've seen eleven. I'm looking. I, as you were discussing it, or as you were uh, describing it, I was looking it up. Yeah, I, I see why I missed it. Like, came oh one. I was already twenty two, twenty three. So I, I actually didn't even. I, I had no idea it even existed. To be honest with you, and I, um, I and I get like, ch- children's movies are not your, like wheelhouse per se. But this was like. A lot of people were excited for this one. Like, a lot of people my age who read the books, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we haven't had a lot of new movies, you know, Disney did some things here. Um, I, I thought, you know, I thought it would honestly be easier to launch a movie right now. Yeah, like, you know, what's the competition? There, there's nothing. And there's so much, like, thirst for something new. And they had the nostalgia pull. And for this to not to be this bleh and to get that, that rating, I, I mean... Oof. Yeah, I won't waste my time with it, but uh, I'll, and I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I gave it a forty-five, and like you know, per previous conversations, uh, if I rate a movie less than fifty, I wouldn't recommend unless you're like emotionally invested for some other way. Like you absolutely love the book as a kid, and you gotta watch it. Do you? But would not recommend. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And and even though you know, to be honest with you, I'm usually a little bit more liberal when it comes to those ratings. This doesn't even look good. I'm I'm looking at I'm reading reviews on it. I'm like this just looks terrible. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The, the, it doesn't do it justice. Do you ever? Did you have a book like that growing up as a kid? You loved the book, and then the movie was just. Oh, let's see, kid. Uh, well, you know what? I hate to say it. <laughs> um, you know, kid. A, a book I read growing up was A Wrinkle in Time. Um, oh yeah, there you go. I love uh, you know, I, and you know if I if I start off with I love and respect and appreciate the brilliance that is out you know like Ava DuVernay. Uh, I'm coming you know, you know coming over the top with the left, but that movie was disc. <laughs> it was just bad. Like I, I'm I'm not gonna trash it. It just was not what I anticipated. That yeah, that movie was uh, that movie was awful, man. That movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read the book as a kid, but that movie stunk. Um, but I, I feel the same way. Like I loved Aragon. Like you know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. Aragon was like a lot easier to read, uh, a lot more modern in its writing. Um, absolutely loved Aragon as a kid. Just devoured the Inheritance series. You know, bought them first day they came on the shelves. Uh, Elvis, Brzezinger, all of them, uh, all four books. Just just killed those books. Love the idea. Love the adventure. Elves, dragons, give me all of it. Uh, get the movie <laughs> Jeremy Irons I'm like okay Jeremy, uh, John Malkovich Jeremy Irons is it going to be alright mm-hmm. it's going to be good man oh my goodness what a train wreck like how what can you absolute... go wrong with those two would you start off with those two <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I'm asking Space Force a similar question right now maybe Malkovich isn't the, isn't the guy we think he is I don't know yeah you know just stick to Teddy KGB and we're good although he, he got like all the four lines in Aragon so yeah. No, so he can't necessarily be be, be faulted. No, for he can't be blamed. But yeah, that was a. Uh, there's a few of those, man, where you just get so excited about you know the adaptation, it just doesn't play. Yeah. Which I know people are really mad at J.K. Rowling right now, Ooh. but uh, but I, but that's one of the best book to movie switchovers I think we've had. Like they just it it just flowed for both. If you love the books, you love the movies, and vice versa. Yeah, you know th- this is how crazy things are right now. It was only about a week ago, and I had already forgotten about the J.K. Rowling situation. We're not going to ball things down with it, but yeah, that was definitely eye-opening. And then I recognized, okay, this has been going on for an extended period of time, and I just wasn't aware. Yeah, and like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just don't really... Like, the art from artists thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. Harry Potter was important to my childhood. I liked the books. I liked the movie. I, honest to God, don't really care what J.K. Rowling says or does you know, the next 10, 15, 20, 100 years. Yeah. I just, she, you know, it doesn't really affect how I felt reading about Harry Potter being part of, like, that wizarding world when I was a kid. That's just, that's where I'm at on that. And I think that's fair. I think and, that's uh, totally fair. And I got to say, the most, you know, like, a, the craziest day I probably ever, looking at social media, I remember one day in class, I think my first degree, um, people got upset. Did you watch Sesame Street as a kid? Yes, I did. Yeah, I watched Sesame Street as a kid. Did you like the puppets as a kid? Yes. Yeah, same same as me. But people were really upset that one of the writers, or the guy that like, I don't even know, it was a writer, it was a guy who did the hands, actually acted through the puppets. But one of the people involved with Sesame Street 
said that Bert and Ernie were actually lovers, that they were gay. Ah, yes. They weren't roommates, they were gay. And I came on to, to this app, to this Twitter app, mm-hmm. and I saw people just, both sides, just tooth and nail fighting each other over this not being okay or being okay. And I just, I cannot imagine having my day be, my, or my week be totally ruined over the sexual orientation of puppets. And I just... Yeah, man. When I see stuff like that, I just go like, "Come on, guys! Like, what, what, the, what the fuck? What are we doing here? So what? Like, seriously, so what? But you know, then again, I, yeah. I look. I, I we tend to look at things a little bit differently when it comes to things like that. So, yeah, I love arguing. It's just some of the things that people want to like die for on on, on social media. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You know, it's just not worth yeah. it. Let, let, yeah. I, look, I'd rather hear a recycled for the 50 millionth time LeBron James versus 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 argument than that one. Me too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people are saying the opposite. Me too. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for us. Next episode, top 10 comedies since 2000. We'll get that Google form out uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't yet, please do like, rate, review the pod, and we'll see Thursday morning.